This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Trevon Sellers Design Studios. Check out TrevonSellers.com for all your branding needs, logo, and website designs, and step your brand up. What's good? I'm Zay Moore. And I'm Juma. And, and this, this is, is the, the Zay, Zay Something, something Podcast. Podcast. The podcast that promotes growth through conversation, so sit back and listen while we say something. Here on the Zay Some Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 33 of the Zay Something Podcast, and I'm your host, Zay Moore. And, you know, as always, it's me, Juma. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome back. Uh, how you been this week? I've been good. You know what? Before I came here, I got myself a big um, frozen custard from Culver's. Hey, okay, turn up. Uh, with the M&M's, vanilla. Oh, so, eating, eating. so, you know, I'm feeling a little bloated, but we good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's hot outside, so you need to. It ice felt cream. great. I bet. I bet. It was wonderful. Nah. So, um, what'd you do over the weekend? This past weekend, do you remember? Or were you too intoxicated? You know what? You gonna point. stop coming for me? <laughs> <laughs> nah. I just wanna say shout out to Sean. He came to visit from California for his birthday. Shout out, bro. We had such a good time. It was a good time. Shout out to Deshaun. And the whole gang, because everybody from college kind of just got to It was like a big old high school, uh, high school, college reunion. God damn it. (laughs) See? That's what happens when you're tired and you podcast, right? Swear. All right. Um, Thank you to all the supporters, the conversationalists. We appreciate your listenership. If you are new to the podcast, please do us a favor favor and subscribe uh, to join the Conversation Nation. Stay, you know, stay in the conversation. So, we're going to recap on last week. Last week, we had the Drink or Zay Something episode. Bro, we... <laughs> I listened back again, to that episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. I sounded so clear, but also so drunk. Yeah, it was... Yeah, you could hear everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> last week was... Uh, it was a vibe. It was a good time, but, yeah, I'm not doing that again for another couple months. Oh, we're going to do it again. <laughs> Why you got to say it like that? Because <laughs> it was fun. Nah, it was fun, but... Shout out to uh, Chanel McCoy. Chanel, thank you. And thank you again for letting us use your equipment. This, if you can hear us, if we sound so clear, so effervescent, it's because of Chanel. So shout out to you. Literally shout out to you. Um, and today we have a very special guest. A new sp- guest to the show. new guest to the show. We have Kayla Douglas. She's a real estate advisor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around boss lady. So... Hey. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Um, It's an honor, so thank you for coming through. Um, So we're going to jump right into this first segment, the Say Less, Say More segment. This is the icebreaker segment where we share as much or as little as we want to on a random question or topic of conversation. So this week, um, I don't know where it came from. I just kind of was... Actually, I do know where it came from because I know that we were having this episode about real estate, and we'll get more into that later. Um, But... Building credit is something that a lot of people struggle with, and s- and that kind of the root of that is people aren't very disciplined. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask y'all, are you disciplined? Would you consider yourself a disciplined person? That's a good question. That is a really good question. I'll let the the guest of honor go first. <laughs> um, I've become disciplined. I was not always disciplined. I feel like in college, like you get your first credit card, and then it's just like, okay, y'all raise my limit. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So um, I feel like as I've gone on, I've become more disciplined when you realize how much credit means to your everyday adult life. Adulting is hard. Yes, Super is. hard. <laughs> so yeah, definitely definitely became more disciplined as I got older. Yeah. 
Um, I would say the same. I got my first credit card in college, and it did not go well. No. At all. <laughs> college and credit cards just don't. It doesn't. They just <laughs> don't go together. You should never give an 18-year-old that much responsibility. Nope. Over their future without any knowledge of, like, what how, how hard it could impact you. But... Yeah, so me and Wells Fargo have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> Y'all got beef. <laughs> That's a big fact. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we so were just talking about <laughs> we were just talking about them. We we all got beef with them. <laughs> yeah, low-key. I mean, but if anybody from Wells Fargo is listening, you know, I love y'all. If y'all want to invest in the podcast, I got y'all. But uh, uh, I paid y'all uh, back, uh-huh, so we uh-huh. on good terms. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I would say I, I wasn't disciplined. I had to learn it. Um, it took those ups and downs with my credit and with other things, obviously, but um, being disciplined is kind of the number one thing in my life right now as far as balance and uh, stability, maintaining stability. What about you? Uh, it depends on with what. <laughs> I, <laughs> if you want to ask me, like, am I disciplined with, like, exercising, diet? Yeah. No. But <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my finances, I feel like I can pre- be pretty disciplined. Yeah, y'all are y'all are real disciplined in this household. Well, as far as money goes, like, yeah, I... We try to hold each other accountable. So me and Maurice, we we crack down on each other and we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna buy this house and we're gonna just stack, 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 just put away our money and just completely focus on our our goal, which is to buy a house. So in that way, yeah. Yeah, because I remember when y'all was, <laughs> I remember when y'all went through that process. Um, we didn't go out. We didn't yeah. go out to eat. I lost my best friend because oh, you, yeah, <laughs> like food. <laughs> it was like it was like three solid months where like nobody saw us. Yeah, it was bogus. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gonna keep my cousin wrapped up in the house. All right, it's cool. Um, but to follow up on that, um, how do you think people build discipline? Do you build discipline by failure, or can you build it another way? Um. I think sometimes it can be by failure because you want to do better, mm-hmm. um, but otherwise it's just more so in the sense of you have a like you, you have a goal for something. So my biggest way to build discipline is doing something for thirty days. So can I knock it out? Can I put thirty days aside to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest thing is time blocking on my phone. So in my calendar, literally, I time block my lunches. I time block when I wake up to go to the gym. Everything's time blocked, otherwise I'll forget. Mm-hmm. Um, but that helps me keep on track. And if you can do that for 30 days, then you kind of got it down. Yeah, so scheduling. Yeah, essentially. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Wow. Um, Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I agree with that. Um, I don't think, I don't know, I don't think the dis- discipline can be built any other way than by either, by structure. You have to have some type yeah. of structure. Um I think I think it can come from failure for sure because you keep messing up so many times that eventually you're like, all right, you know what? Let me get my life together. Yeah. That's if you want to get your life. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, when you finally decide <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm gonna get it together, and yeah. you make that choice. I think you can build it from there. Yeah, but some, I, I don't understand people who continue to do the same cycles and, and expect different results. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like you're not changing anything, so you're not gonna get any further along. I don't know. This is just the message. If you listening out there and you keep doing the same shit, you should probably switch it up a little. <laughs> All bit. right, I I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Feel personally attacked. I mean, this was this was geared towards you, so you know it was it was intended that way. All right. Well, we're gonna move on on that note to what they say, and so this is the segment where we update you on the current events in the world and in the, in the culture. We keep an ear to the streets so y'all can know what they saying.
All right, so we're going to talk about my favorite rapper. I love favorite this rapper. <laughs> my I favorite rapper. Favorite, I wouldn't but say favorite, yeah. but, he, he's, but he's, good, he's, he's good right he's now. Good. Yeah. No, he's good. Yeah. He's hot. So um, if you don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about the baby um, from North Carolina. That ain't the baby. That's my <laughs> baby. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you was waiting to do that, I too. really was. Um, so he recently got into an altercation with an internet troll um, by the name of Cam Coldheart. Um, he's a rapper from North Carolina or from Charlotte, North Carolina, that has been antagonizing the baby over social media for at least a year, maybe longer than that. If you scroll down this page, you can see a bunch of old videos. But this past week, they both ended up in the Louis store, um, and Cam Colehart continued to troll. And while recording them on Instagram, he was recording the baby and like, this bitch nigga ain't gonna do nothing, whatever. And when the baby approached him, Cam threw a punch. The fight began. The next video that you see is Cam laying down on the ground, bleeding, and his pants is around his ankles. So, question. Hmm. Um, do y'all think the baby should have reacted that way? Absolutely. <laughs> I would have been angry. Okay, I, I'm not a promoter of violence, mm. but trolls can get their ass. As you, pre- <laughs> as you proceed to promote violence, I feel it. <laughs> no, I, I don't feel promote it. violence, but he should have got his ass beat. No, that's a fact, though. Um... Yeah, I, we all agree. On, we, yeah, we yeah. All we're all in agreement. I mean, like you, don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. Like yeah. if I think people should focus on themselves and work on themselves. If he had been putting that much focus and attention on himself, maybe he would be at the same status that the baby is on. True. That is a fact. That is, yeah. that, that That's is a logical way to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You put some focus on yourself <laughs> and your career. Maybe it's. It's you. Right. Like <laughs> but on the other side, he was talking shit. He got hit. You know what I mean? Well, so he said that he didn't even beat him up. It was his security. So now right. I want to I see some footage. I, I do want to <laughs> see footage to find out what really happened. But but I feel like the baby got hands. So I feel, you got a crush. I, I can see it in your face. She I got a crush. in my soul that he got hands. He got hands. hands. I he feel hands. it. I support it. <laughs> <laughs> but do y'all think he, like, he shouldn't have given dude that much power? Because now he, his social media is blowing up. And he might be able to make some money off of off of the following that he has because of that video going viral. I think that was the point, though. Like, that's what he wanted. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. What, the dude want. that's what I mean. Like, do you think he should have even gave him that validation of, look, you... I'm able to get to you now. Like, I, I antagonized you so much that I got the reaction that I wanted. A year, though? If somebody's bothering you for right. a year, no, that's a fact. Right. No, I, yeah, you probably would have, he would have got his ass beat before a year. Like, yeah. I yeah. feel like a year was yeah. a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and he was Definitely. messing with the wrong one. Because if you know about the baby, he got, like, he shot somebody in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. he, he got, that's intense. He got yeah. a pass. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, you messed with the wrong one. Literally. But yeah, you can't you can't be instigating stuff like that and not expect anything to happen. So gotcha. I'm with it. Do you think someone can find longstanding success from uh, from, from trolling? Yeah, from trolling. No, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So what about uh, Takashi Six Nine? Is he still around? No, I we're done with him. I feel like, or is well, he getting, I getting, he getting out? out? I yeah. think he's getting out, but I felt like Boosie said it all. Like he said, I was facing lethal injection and I didn't snitch once. Like that set the tone. Mm. Yeah, that's so a fact. Yeah. Now okay. I feel like we're kind of done with him. Yeah, 
Takashi is tight. <laughs> Shut. It's a couple up. songs that still go though. I don't care. <laughs> I only I only fuck with one of his songs. Literally no. one. Just one. Just nah, one. he got a whole album that's kind of fire. I ain't gonna lie. Mm-mm. Go ahead. All right, <laughs> so <laughs> we all move on to the next story here. So. Jeff Bezos, his <laughs> soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, Mackenzie Bezos, reportedly uh, pledges half of her $35 billion divorce settlement to charity. Now, would you voluntarily give away half of your $35 billion to charity? Not half. All right, yeah. we, we <laughs> she, She's bugging, okay? Right. Okay, look, she shouldn't have, this is how I feel. She shouldn't have got it in the first book. No, let me stop. That's misogynistic. Oh. We, know <laughs> we are not going to Because, no, do we, we this. talked about this in the past. She shouldn't have got the money in the first place, and now she's giving this money away? Half okay, of it? But okay. to charity. That, I think. She's giving I away think, to pets, I think. I, I read something I about it. I support that. You said oh, it with here, <laughs> here you go. I'm a mother of a, of a cocker spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> I support it. I personally think this is amazing. I think it's a great idea. Okay. All right. Okay. If you're I don't a, agree, but okay. If yeah. you're a billion, yeah. If you're a billionaire, you are never going to be able to spend that amount of money in your lifetime. You don't know my life. What? <laughs> <laughs> Real shit, though. Like, sure, generations after. Like, if if you have half of thirty-five billion dollars, your children's 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 children are still going to have that money. Like they're still gonna be rich. What if one rich. of my kids decide to stop having so kids? So giving then half, really it don't go giving half of that it. money away, that's that's just. I feel like that's just great. No, okay. And I, I literally you can s- spend. You can spend a billion dollars, like. But I, I, I sure you a can. A billion is a lot, though. A billion is a lot of money. Like I don't think we really comprehend. No, it's a like, thousand million how, dollars. I, I know how much it I'm is, just <laughs> fam. This is a, but. For the <laughs> He gonna piss me off. Today. <laughs> I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna put my two weeks oh, in right here, like right now. On that? Okay, bad. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't. I don't think people can actually like really comprehend like how much billions of dollars is that. Like no person will spend yeah. that amount of money in their lifetime. And I was just saying on the last episode that um, having billions of dollars is excessive, and I don't think that people should have that much money. Like oh, we did sh- talk about that. Yeah, yeah, there should be a cap on how much you should be able to have, and billions of dollars is just excessive. So the fact that she's giving half of it away to charity, I, I think is a beautiful thing. I think it also, I think she's doing it for tax reasons, of course. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely. Get, you get it away so you don't have to pay that much in taxes. All I'm saying, though, is like she could donate to the Najuma Mutiaba That's all I'm um, saying. Smith college debt charity. <laughs> right. Yeah, the um, taxes I had to pay in this year. <laughs> right. Tax. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> she could donate to us. You know, feel free. Um, <laughs> we out here struggling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. What about you? Nah. No, too much. Damn. I just would have wrote it in my will, like you know, when I die, y'all can take this. Right, <laughs> take that <laughs> other half. <laughs> Man, all right. So um, I want to talk about Netflix and Disney. Um, they may be pulling, or sorry, yeah, Netflix and Disney may be pulling their business out of the state of Georgia due to. N- Due to the new abortion laws, the state is popular, or the state is a popular location for film production because of the generation, or sorry, the generous tax breaks Georgia offers. Oh my God, I can't read today, y'all. <laughs> uh, offers to filmmakers and producers. Do you think that this is a smart decision for the production companies? Um, Netflix, Netflix, no. Disney, yes. I would I say Netflix no because Netflix is going out of business in two years I promise you. You, you think, think so? so? 
promise you. I'm, I'm like, yeah. uh, I don't think Netflix is going <laughs> nah, nowhere. But, um, Netflix has been in the red for at least a couple years. They spend way too much money on shows like Friends, Office, and then Disney is opening up their own streaming service. Like, and a lot of the movies that were on uh, Netflix are owned by like Fox, and Disney owns all of that. If they pull all their stuff out, Netflix ain't gonna have nothing. They're gonna have their original shows, but. Don't nobody want to see a seventh season of Orange is the New Black. But I don't think one Whoa. one has to do with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna ignore that. Um, I don't think one has to do with the other because I feel like there are other states that would be willing to give those give Netflix and Disney those generous tax breaks. Generous tax breaks yeah. to, you know, make films come to their state, you know, Minnesota, you know, feel free. Um <laughs> <laughs> it would bring more more business, more um, diversity, more like another state would be willing to take Georgia's spot is what I'm saying. So I don't think that it'll cause them to fail the, as a company. The reason I say it no is because it's a slippery slope. If you pull business out of Georgia, then you have to pull business out of states like Ohio. Louisiana just signed the same heartbeat bill. Mm -hmm. And I think it's five, five or six states total mm -hmm. that have signed that bill. So it's like, what's going to happen when more states kind of are you going to pull business from those states as well? And then you're really losing money. What states are going to be left? We don't know yet. This is It just started. You know what I mean? It's still beginning of the year or middle of the year. We don't know how many states are going to sign this bill. So, I don't know. What do you think? I support the reason why they're doing it. I do too. 100%. But it's, it's kind of hard because it's like, okay, Georgia supporting our peoples and, you know, jobs. There's going to be a lot of job loss and stuff like that mm -hmm. um, and opportunities. So, that's kind of hard. But at the same time, isn't it cheaper to just film on another country? Like, wouldn't it just be cheaper as a whole? That might be. Production that costs? That might be. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I mean, since they're leaving, I, I support why they're doing it. Yeah. So, but also then you got to think of like when they're doing their production, like let's say they took it to another country, like they want to, you know, recreate New York City or like recreate True. like, uh, oh, you know, like, yeah. American places. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know how easy yeah. that would be. I'm sure they could do it, but yeah. I don't know how easy it Fast would be. Fast and the Furious is usually filmed in some vacant lot somewhere and, <laughs> 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 and it looked like they're on the top of a building in Dubai. So. Swear. But <laughs> But I think it, I think it's a good idea though because I think, like I said before, I do think that big businesses are catching on to like political justice is mm -hmm. like cool. It's a fad. But again, I'm still with it. Like okay, I'm here you for just it. Brought, a, brought brought up a good uh, talking point. Do you think that they're doing this strictly to to win over people's support for Netflix? And granted, Disney is. Disney, like people love Disney already, and Netflix is already kind of up there as far as you know, people support Netflix. But do you think they did it to draw in new customers? It could be a good marketing strategy mm -hmm. for yeah. them, definitely. Hmm. I, I wouldn't think that's solely why, but yeah, yeah, uh, for sure that was thought of mm -hmm. in, the, yeah. in the thought. It's like, oh, we're gonna post this because this is gonna look good. Somebody oh, sure. in the yeah. corporate, you know, meeting room was like, yeah, this will be this will be good this for will be good our, our rating. For, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, but I support it. I, I want to make that clear because I don't want to make it sound like I'm just playing devil's, devil's advocate. advocate. Yeah. I do this as every usual. Week, you every contrarian. Week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do it every week, but um, I support it. And shout out to Netflix and Disney. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 
a mother in California has been banned from her child's school. So her daughter was being bullied, mm. so she took it upon herself to come into the school and stick up for her kid. The mother went into the classroom and told the kids that she <laughs> she can be an even bigger bully if they have a problem with it. Uh, she told them to send their mothers, aunties, <laughs> and big sisters her way. Now, I watched the video <laughs> of this woman, I and I am totally with her. I would be, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not playing. <laughs> and, and apparently, the, the, the young girl who was being bullied, she said it was so bad to the point where the little girl was thinking about, you know, committing suicide and things gotcha. like that. So, I'm, and I actually have a little story too. So when I was younger, I was being bullied by these group of girls mm -hmm. in I think it was middle school, and um, they. They, it was actually some of my friends, so they like turned from friends to bullies. Mm -hmm. So they called me because they had my number, and was like, you know, saying all kinds of like, "Oh, you bitch!" Da, 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 da. And my mom, she saw me and she saw like how sad I looked. She grabbed the phone from me and she was like, she started, <laughs> she went off. I can imagine she was like, "Listen here, you little bitch!" <laughs> and she like went off on the girls. So needless to say, after that, they didn't fuck with me no more. Right. So I'm Susan with Mama me. Dukes on this one. <laughs> um, what I feel like it's black black mom power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. <laughs> black moms can do anything for real. So would you do the same thing? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't have kids right now, but like my nieces and nephews, like family is important, yeah. and you have to ride for your family because that's Absolutely. all you got. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Even when my siblings were younger, like if they had like little bullies. Yeah. I'm five years older, eight years older than my brother and sister. So, yeah. so you popping I'm up. I'm popping up at the park, <laughs> like, you know? Big sister. Like, what's, like, up? Like, what's, what's good? Up? <laughs> That's crazy. Nah, I think I think it was funny. It was definitely entertaining. Um, would I do that as a dad? I don't think I could do that as a dad. I think, I think I moms could get away with yeah, it. Dads couldn't. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah, mm -mm. I, I want to. I'd probably grab, you know. Rough them up in the, in the Catch them out outside right, in a school. locker room, push me right. in a locker or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I ain't getting away with that. Um, but nah, shout out to her. She really did go in and stand up for her kid at mm -hmm. the end of the day. Good for her. All right, we're going to jump right into the conversation. In this segment, we get deep and sometimes uncomfortable. We ask tough questions and share our unpopular opinions with the intention of promoting growth through conversation. We are going to um, allow you a moment to introduce yourself, Kayla. Sounds good. I'm like uncomfortable. I heard I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, I gotta get uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but no, hey everybody. Um, like I said, my name is Kayla Douglas. I am a uh, full-time real estate advisor with Edina Realty. So I actually just started my team, the RK Real Estate Group. So Randy and Kayla um, Real Estate Group. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I've been a licensed agent for about two and a half years, but I am third generation. So my mom, my grandfather, her dad, um, been doing it forever. So kind of fell into that and then had to go to school. My dad said I had to get my degree. Didn't mm -hmm. matter. But then I, I also got my real estate license. So yeah, two and a half years later, here I am. That's super dope. Yeah. Oh, so you're third generation. So how did, how exactly did you get into real estate? Um, yeah, so being a little girl my mom used to actually take me on showings with her and I remember just like literally just going house to house and stuff like that and um, one showing I remember exactly was it was so funny because the seller had a dog 
and my mom hates dogs. <laughs> so, like, all of a sudden, there was a big dog barking, and I just remember she scooped me up, and we, took, we ran down the stairs, and she left her buyers in the house with the oh, dog. Wow. Um, mom was not playing. She was not playing. Like, look, black black mom magic. <laughs> um, But, no, I've always loved real estate, and I feel like a lot of people say, oh, I like HGTV, but... Um, it's definitely more than that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Was this your dream job? Um, I feel like it's currently, I love real estate. I feel like I'm currently creating my dream job. I feel like we have to create our mm. dream jobs instead of just fitting into a box of uh, what a title is at a at a company. Yeah, mm-hmm. I so agree with that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you off. No. But I agree with that so much. Um, I actually have a tattoo that says create opportunity, and I believe in that wholeheartedly you have to create the opportunities that you want to exist in mm-hmm. um and so shout out to you for doing that um so speaking of you know creating your opportunity you recently started a blog um what sparked that new endeavor um i actually so when i went to i, I went to college for strategic communication um, so I went to the U of M, and it's actually in the journalism school. So at first, I wanted to be a news anchor. I could talk. I like to talk, and I really enjoyed writing at the time. So most of my internships at first were I interned at the governor's office, actually, um, in St. Paul, writing press releases and stuff. Um, so I've always liked to write. I like literature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of turned into just sharing my experiences kind of like what I said before, I feel like people are so used to, you kind of get overwhelmed because you want to fit in society, but you don't like the structure of your job. People mm-hmm. want to be their own boss and stuff like that. But how can you create something for yourself that works for you? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be just one job title. Like I just don't have to be a real estate agent or can I, you know, can I mix it up? Can I do two more than one thing? So, yeah. um, yeah, I feel like I just wanted to share that on my blog and just kind of, you know, say why I started and just, Open the minds of people. Yeah. So what what is the content of your blog? So I just have one blog post, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So essentially, like my title on my blog is a digital marketer in a real estate world. Mm-hmm. Um. So me going to school for digital marketing, I my one of my passions is digital marketing and um you know social media and stuff like that, how to mm-hmm. strategize. Um. And I put a lot of that into my real estate business and growing that. So my first blog kind of started off with why real estate. That's the title of it. So why did I choose real estate? How did I get started? And it just kind of goes into some of my childhood about stability and, you know, why real estate's important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you now with this, with your multiple endeavors, with your blog yeah. and, and, you know, going into real estate and things like that, do you feel like you've found your, your why or your purpose, so to speak? Um, in real estate, I found my why of why I initially did it in the first place because I feel like I've been I've been licensed for two and a half years and I'm just like I always I knew I wanted to do it but I couldn't articulate why. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what my my blog breaks down. But um, I just feel like I, I I'm still creating I'm I'm creating my own space for me to you know survive it and feel like I found my purpose. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. That's super yeah. dope. That's dope. Well, we here at the Zay Something Podcast mm-hmm. love black entrepreneurship. Definitely. So. Oh, yeah. You wearing your uh, Maurice Darvell shirt? Yeah. Shout out to Maurice Darvell. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, so we're going to jump right into some real estate stuff. Yeah. So what are the first steps when you're looking to buy a home? I know it's a broad question. 
Um, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good question, though. I'm always going to say um, sit down with me, have a buyer mm-hmm. meeting. Um, I feel like the scariest thing is actually just admitting you don't know what you're doing and you don't know mm-hmm. where to start. So I always like to have conversations in my buyer meetings. They're not, they're super laid back, just literally come with a list of questions. You know, how can I make you comfortable? How can we start the process? And then so after sitting down with me, I'll kind of set you up on like a path and, you know, getting pre-approved with a loan officer and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is an ideal credit score to have when you're looking to buy? Um, ideally. Um, so there's two different spaces you can be in. Ideally, like a good minimum is a 620. Um, if you're kind of looking for, like some programs, home, um, down payment assistance programs. Um, so Minnesota Housing, they typically look for... Um, 650. If you're, yeah, 640, mm. 640, 650. Um, but you can get approved for like a loan without down payment assistance at a 620. Oh, nice. So conventional loans, um, FHA and things like that. Nice. Now, many people think that they don't have enough money for a down payment to buy, but you just brought up down payment assistance. So what kinds of programs are available in Minnesota to help people with this? I know that's like a big topic with millennials is like, we want to buy, but we never have enough money to get to that down payment point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love that question because I was literally just talking about this and it's funny because people will say, you know, I'm still saving, you know, I need 20% or don't you need 20% to buy a house? And I'm like, no, like (laughs) you don't need 20%. Um, so there's different, there's different loan products. You have, um, FHA conventional, um, FHA and that's a whole nother conversation, but, um, in the general sense, FHA just requires 3.5% down. Um, conventional loans are 3% down. Um, if you're a vet, you actually don't have to put any money down. So I always promote that my veterans go out and get homes because you deserve wow, them. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No money down wow. for a vet. Um, if you're looking to move into a rural area, so outside of the city, um, no money down for those either. I'm, most wow. of my buyers are in the cities, but yeah. I don't work too often with those. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then just with that, the down payment assistance program. So. What a lot of people don't know, Minnesota as a whole, for first-time home buyers, and that means if you've never owned a, home, owned a home or if you haven't owned in the past seven years, you can actually qualify for down payment assistance, and they actually give you up to $15,000 in down payment assistance, and that can go towards down payment, closing cost, yeah. um, anything, you know, anything. So, yeah. Wow. Another okay. thing that, and I'm sorry to cut you off, oh, but no. um, another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that you can negotiate like things like closing costs mm-hmm. with the seller mm-hmm. in order to help out with those out costs. Yeah. They won't, it won't cover your down payment, but it will help with those extra costs of the extra money that you need to bring yeah. to the closing table. So Yeah, I remember when I met with you and you kind of broke down some of the extra mm-hmm. costs, just inspections and everything else that kind of comes up throughout the process that you don't really think of unless yeah. you're going through it. Um, For the, my home, I, they actually paid our closing costs. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. And that's common for first-time home buyers. So, like, your first-time home buyer pocket, um, you're typically looking at you're typically looking at buying a house for $200,000. So, like, that's most first-time home buyers max. <coughs> and so with that, if you did an FHA loan, um, your down payment is going to be $7,000. And it sounds high, but if you're getting down payment assistance, that covers it right there, and then you actually have extra change left over for the other things if you did come out of closing your closing costs yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that 
people also don't realize is that you can receive gifts as well. So yes. if you have family members, and they're usually like direct family members, and it has to be like a mom, dad, sister, mm -hmm. uncle, well, like whatever, yeah. they can give you money, you know, for your down payment, for your closing costs and you can use that so yeah. if you got family <laughs> with right. a little bit a of with a little bit of money you know like a hundred dollars a day but it literally has to be a gift though yep. yeah it and can't you have be like a repayment of a loan no and you have to tell and i always say this like don't make any money moves without talking to your loan officer um because even in a gift you have to prepare it in a way that makes sense so like if anyone's audited or anything like that they have to have it on paper and have a paper trail oh, yeah, that it's yeah, actually yeah. a gift. So it can't just be like, oh, transfer me this money. Like, wait, hold on. This is how we're going to do it. X, it's like y, a bunch of steps. Yeah, you yeah, got to show so. the check. You got to show the, the yep. cancel check. You got to show yep. the gift letter. You got to yeah. <laughs> all so that. So it's a, it's a process. But you can definitely buy a house. Um, like my cousin, she's younger than me. Actually, she bought her first house. And um, she only came, she only spent $3,000 literally total. And yeah. that's for everything. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so. amazing. So what are the, what are some of the uh, things buyers should be aware of for their first time? Um, the market right now, it's for sure a seller's market right now. So mm -hmm. um, I don't say that to scare anyone. I just say that to have expectations and I like to set expectations early. Um, so seller's market, meaning inventory is low. There's a lot of buyers. There's a lot of people looking for something. There's a lot of first-time home buyers um, looking at a specific price range. Um, so inventory is just just low. There's not, you know, that's, not many people selling. That's funny because we were literally just gonna yeah, ask, what, what is the, the current market oh. like right now in Minnesota? But yeah, that's what yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So inventory is low. Everybody's fighting for the same house, so it's not surprising. Like, um, we had a listing go on and. I think we put it on on a Thursday. By the end of uh, Saturday, we had um, 10 offers. Wow. And then by Sunday, we had a total of 17. So on wow. one house, yeah. you know, and that was right over here in Brooklyn Park, too. So wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, it's definitely crazy, and it's hard. It's hard for buyers sometimes, but yeah. it's just, It can be frustrating, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. So... Do people get into a bidding war when that happens? Definitely. Oh, yeah. So it's just like, even in an offer as a buyer, you can put in your offer just like, hey, I'll offer $1,000 or $2,000 over the highest offer up mm -hmm. to a, a set of price. Or, yeah. you know, you can you can definitely do that. And so, yeah, it's bidding wars. It's all it yeah. is. I know. So I, I have a couple friends who were home shopping and, and um, some friends who recently bought a house around the same time as us. And they had just like the damnedest time, like yeah. just fighting over yeah. <laughs> these houses, like yeah. offers. Every house they would go to, they'd be like, "Oh, there's an offer already," and they were just yeah. like, "Is that super discouraging?" Yeah, I was gonna say, "Is that discouraging when you when someone else has an offer on a house?" Um, it can be. I like to one something that uh, myself and my uh, partner, uh, Randy McDonald, McDonald, that we do. We do a lot of things pre-market, mm -hmm. so we network with other agents, and we try to get into houses before they're even on the market and try to get them sold that way. Because a lot of people have kids and stuff if they're selling their house, they don't want all those showings. Right. So if we can get in early, then it's it's kind of like a you know a benefit of you know knowing people type of situation. So yeah. that kind of takes it frustration away from the buyer. But um, other than that, it's just kind of like knowing. I know how to you know write an offer that you'll, you know, you're most likely win, mm -hmm. you know? So just yeah. setting expectations. I, I, I will always say that. Set expectations with the with my buyers. So 
um, this is what you're going to have to do and just be prepared when I tell you, like, hey, you know. You got to go higher. Yeah, go yeah, higher. like, yeah. this is yeah. what's happening. Mm-hmm. So do you, how bad do you want it? Right. And that's yeah. the question that I always ask. How, how much do you like this house? Mm-hmm. So do you, when you, <clears throat> when you ask that, do you still take into account people's, uh, I guess, living situations and, like, the, the funds that they actually have? Oh, for sure. Because yeah. as my client, like I, you know, I know what's going on and, you know, I'm not ever going to have you spend more money on a house than it's worth. So I'll, I'll right. re-say that, too. So yeah. it's also how much do you like it? But does the um, does the market um, substantiate the price? So if you're going to be overbidding and you can't get it past an appraisal, meaning like, a, you know, an inspector comes out and they're like, oh, you know, you're offering 250, but the house is only worth 240. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. I would never advise you to overspend on a house that's not worth it. Gotcha. But that's hard too, because right. that's kind of what they're saying. Like, you know, everybody's overbidding on these houses. We're gonna have another, um, you know, bubble, um, and then what was that? Re- recession? Recession? Do the housing market <laughs> yeah. crash? Basically, yeah. I was yeah. like, I can't even think of the word yeah. right, right now. Well, now I I didn't have this question prepared, but if you could take our listeners through, basically, what is the the main steps of the home buying process like what does that and look like in its entirety yeah so i um at my buyer meetings i give out a sheet and it's 10 steps to buying a home so um <laughs> step one and two i always say they're interchangeable so step one um it says uh choose a realtor which is awesome i want you to choose me but if you choose me i'm just going to send you to a loan officer mm-hmm. so what a loan officer does is um they actually work in the mortgage field so um, either there's somebody that's working at an actual bank directly or they're just um, a brokerage kind of working, you know, they're, sho- they're shopping loans for you. Mm-hmm. They're shopping mortgages. They're getting you the best rates, and they're going to give you a pre-approval letter that's going to tell you what you can afford to buy. Um, so it's pretty much they're looking at you on paper and mm-hmm. how good you look, and, this, you know, you can afford X amount. Um, from there, I'm like, geez, I wish I had my list with me. <laughs> um, so yeah, step one and two from there, um, once you're pre-approved, it's kind of all set to go. So, um, defining your criteria, um, which I do in my buyer meetings. So what are you looking for? Are you look for a house, a townhouse, you know, you have a family, do you need a big yard, stuff like that. Um, we'll go look at properties after that. And, um, I always say, uh, setting your criteria and like viewing properties, it's interchangeable because, you're going to go look at something and, um, you know, you just might realize, like, I don't want a one-story house. You know, I want something different. Mm-hmm. So we'll cross that off the list. We'll start looking at other things. Or you might not like the city that we're looking at or you thought you'd love or anything like that. Um, so, yeah. So once you're looking at a house, we pick something. Um, it's writing an offer. So you write an offer on that. Um and kind of negotiate that's where you from come there. in. Yeah, that's <laughs> and I'm I'm there from steps one to I'm like what is it one to six? <laughs> you, you lose me after six. No. Um, so yeah, you write an offer on a home. We negotiate terms. Um, in between that, you're doing a home inspection on the house. So you want to make sure that the house is you know worth purchasing, making sure mm-hmm. that it's livable. Um, if you're getting depending on what loan type you have. So like I said before, FHA or conventional. FHA is a little bit more strict on, you know, what they're going to allow because they're not going to give you money just to buy a broken down house, you know. Um, But there are rehab loans out there, guys. So you can. That's an option. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. If you wanted to buy a house to fix it up, you can't actually get a loan to do that. You don't have to have money out of pocket or in the bank just stack to do that. Um, Our favorite bank stopped doing those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wells Fargo, I still love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
negotiating, you do your home inspection. From there, um, like I say, I kind of break up with you a little bit just because you're going to start talking to your loan officer more once we get negotiations passed. Everything's good with the house. Um, you start talking with your loan officer. They're running you know, the loan in the background and getting the numbers right. You do an appraisal on the house, making sure that the house is worth what, it, what you're purchasing it for it. The bank will not give you any extra money for nothing. <laughs> um, and then from there, you're just kind of like breezing through to closing. So it's, it's pretty simple in steps terms. It's yeah. just those random fires that you, you know, you're like, you what, is put out, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> okay. So being that the, the process you said is, is fairly simple for the mm-hmm. most part, if on, on ideally. Yes. Simple. Yeah. Um, would you recommend renting or buying? Um, I know we were talking earlier. Yeah, I was like, I don't this. rent shame, guys. <laughs> I do not rent shame. If you're looking to rent, I will help you. <laughs> um, but no, the value of owning a home and just in the sense of building wealth, I'm super big on promoting, you know, um, just generational Ownership, growth. And yeah, yeah um, because even if you're even if you're not trying to buy, you buy to live in. Um, and you just want to rent because you like the amenities and your apartment and stuff like that, I always recommend in buying an investment property um, because you can't build wealth without owning something, mm-hmm. and people don't understand that. So um, do something. Buy a house, um, build equity, whether you live in it or not, build equity. Um, you can buy a multifamily unit, duplex, live in one half. Your other half is paying your rent, and you're getting some pocket change. So mm-hmm. just build equity. Um, because if something happens and you need to sell your house and you got some, you know, equity value, um, in it, that's, you know, that's, that's you building wealth. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. before we started, I was talking about, um, investment properties. And one thing that kind of scares people or turns people off from investment properties is the idea of like managing that property, which we were talking about. What are some things that people can do to to get into the investment game? Yes. um, There's a lot of people that don't want to be a landlord, and that's Mm -hmm. perfectly okay. Um, There's a lot of private companies, large companies out there. So a lot of people heard of Renters Warehouse. They actually will manage your property. They do things in tiers even. Um, Tiers in the sense of say, hey, I just want you to collect rent every month, Um, do the applications and collect rent every month, and then, um, you know, give me my cut on the back end right. or you can do like a maintenance package onto your monthly fee so oh, i want dope. you to do the applications show you know if, if my house is vacant i want you to show it um i want you to collect rent and if something's wrong you'll send your maintenance team out there to take care of it and then send oh, me the rest so of the nice yeah, yeah then send me the rest on the back end and so you're not you know unclogging toilets and right. stuff exactly. like that that sounds super nice because that's, that's something i've so my, like I was saying before, my, my dad used to own rental properties. He mm-hmm. still has one, but his thing was he always had to, you know, go fix something, go yes. drop some money on a broken mm-hmm. refrigerator, uh, you know, yeah. carpets messed up that the renters, you know, walk through the house with their shoes or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've always thought about, like, I would love to turn this into an investment property yeah. once we're ready to buy our next house. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, sh- I'm trying to build wealth. No, well. seriously. And it's like, it's no different. Think about it. It's no different. You have all these rich people. They're, they own, um, if you've ever lived in an apartment, which mo- most of us have, there's a property management company that's in the leasing office. Right. That, they don't own that. Yeah. That's a completely different company that's running your building. Oh, for you. sure. Okay. You yeah. know what? I didn't even yeah. think of yeah. yeah. They don't own that. think of that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Damn. So there's literally, there's property management <laughs> companies like that is what yeah. they do. 
Um, wow. So yeah, I wow, mind blown. I didn't even realize <laughs> that That's the two we had the two are not necessarily the same. sometimes the same. they are sometimes, sometimes right. they are sure. yeah. if if um they'll they're doing that dually but most of the time they're the investors that own the building and built the building they don't manage those yeah. <laughs> they, got, they, somewhere they have the something island. else to do yeah, yeah they, they have other things they're opening new apartment buildings <laughs> exactly. you know right right yeah. uh so. well speaking of investing and and all that kind of stuff one thing that i know a lot of people are doing is buying like foreclosed homes yes. and things like yeah. that and flipping them or even just buying a, a foreclosed home to live in. Would you recommend buying a foreclosure or is, are, do you kind of like tell your buyers like stay away from that? I'll never tell my buyer what they should or should not do. And I say that legally, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, foreclosures are not bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like people, when they think of foreclosures, they're thinking of 2008 foreclosures. So all the homes that were in foreclosures, they might have been really nice. You know, like people just were losing their homes. They were really nice. Right. Most of our foreclosures now is you need money. Mm-hmm. Like you have to fix yeah. these up. They're not in good shape. Right. Um, they're going to be They're Most of the time, they're going to be flips. Um, so that's the only thing. It depends on where my buyer is at. Like if you're, you're looking to invest great, but if you're looking for something moving ready, typically foreclosures in 2019, they're not going to be, you know, completely just right. You know, ready to go. That makes, that makes sense. Cause yeah, during the, during the market crash, I'm sure like there were really nice homes mm-hmm. on the market. Cause people were just losing get. their house. Right. Like it didn't, yeah. you know, they it just wasn't had for like three mortgages on the house. Mm-hmm. And couldn't yeah. Yeah. Know. I was going to say, um, for the people that are listening that don't, that don't know what floor foreclosures are, it's just simply you, like, can you explain it? Yeah, so <coughs> you pretty much stop making payments on your loan, your mortgage loan. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so it's like repossession. The bank it's yeah, it's a repossession of your house. Gotcha. Yep, mm-hmm. the bank's like, oh, all right, you don't want to pay us, we're coming to pick up your car. <laughs> right. up, you know? um, except that they can't pick up your house, they just right. kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Change the lot. Yeah. <laughs> but what... what uh, another thing that people also don't realize is before it gets to a foreclosure, they have programs to like help people like the avoid redemption, the redemption period. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. avoid foreclosures. I remember I went through and I'll, I'll go more into detail later, but I went through like a whole training on like, yeah. like how the whole process works with all that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so people have a chance, like it's so sad though. Yeah. People yeah. can't afford their homes anymore. I mean, it's, there's steps to foreclosure. So the bank actually, you miss, you mix X amount of payments. Mm-hmm. The banks actually give you a time. So it might be six months or it might be a like year. Yeah, it just depends. They'll give you, it's called redemption period. And they'll give you time to actually, you know, get the money that you owe them. So most people sell their house to get that money and just get off of, you know, off Is of that the known as a short sale? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So that would be a short sell, some sh- short sell situations. Um, so you'd have that redemption period. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people do do that, and, but some of them, the banks are just selling back. Yeah. Um, so, pros and cons. so what do you think the, the pros and cons are of buying a single family dwelling compared to buying like a townhome or a condo? Um, I always say I think it's it's just where you're at in your life. Um, so 
so a lot of single people, like some single women, they're just like, I don't want to have a whole house for me to take care of. It's a lot of it's a it's a lot of work. Like Girl. I personally am not going to be outside cutting grass. You know, <laughs> you said nope. That so earlier. yeah, I said that earlier. I'm like, my nope. husband cuts the grass. <laughs> um, so townhomes are just kind of more maintenance free. Townhomes and condos, maintenance free living. Um, with townhomes and condos, you own everything from the studs in. So everything inside of your house and your dwelling, you own. Everything outside is a shared interest with the, you know, the other people in the in the building with the association. Mm. So with the single, in. yep, walls <laughs> in. Um, so with the single family home, your traditional just home, um, you own everything, um, the land, everything like that. And if you don't like cutting grass, depending on what city you're in, you can get fined for that. Um, I know Maple Grove, Maple Grove, they get on you. Yes, yes. They'll find you crazy if you're not cutting your grass. Minneapolis does it too, but. Shakopee. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the burbs, they're more serious about it. The burbs are. I'm like, yo, it's my grass. If I don't want to cut it, it's art to me. You know what I mean? They're like, no, you try to have a cohesive look. Okay, guys. Yeah, no, yeah. So I think I always say it's just where you're at in your, you know, in your lifestyle. I feel like lifestyles are a big thing right now definitely yeah. so it's just like you know if, if you're I'm a single woman I'm buying a condo or a townhome yeah, yeah yeah for sure I mean like if if yeah. I'd probably just buy a condo if it's just you if you you know rent out a room get a townhouse or something honestly like I said it's your lifestyle and just how you want to live it that yeah. all makes sense that's yeah. dope um, so I want to switch gears a little bit because you have some other things that you do yeah. um, in addition to your blog and being a real estate agent or real estate advisor. What do you prefer? It's, it's both. It's, so now, okay. It sounds cool. fancy. <laughs> All right. It does sound <laughs> <laughs> I have an advisor on my business card. An agent card. and an advisor. They <laughs> both <laughs> sound They both sound like high end. But um, you also have a podcast coming soon. Yes. So what will your uh, podcast be about? Yes. So RK Real Estate Group um, will have a podcast coming June 11th. We actually just dropped the date today. Let's go. Yeah. So no, we're excited about that. It's going to be about real estate. And I know when I say that, sometimes I feel like, oh, it's going to sound stuffy. But it's very... Very chill, very laid back, just kind of having, you know, the conversation. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did a little shoulder shake with that, too. So that was <laughs> but, um, no, just really just having a conversation and just meeting people where they're at. I feel like that's a big thing because... There's a lot of people that are out here just, you know, you know, nose high, you know, you should know this, but no, we don't know this. Right. Like, and our community does not know this. They don't know how to build wealth. They don't know how to, um, you know, pass things on generationally. So like, how can we promote that? How can we educate? And that's what's really big. So it's important to share that. I feel yeah. like. Man, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, when they say, oh, you need an internship to get this job, but I can't even get this internship because I need an internship for the internship. <laughs> You mentioned um, just building black wealth or wealth in the community and mm-hmm. you didn't specify, but I'm assuming it's black because you are. I am. You are black. And, and I grew up in North Minneapolis. Okay, say that then. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just think it's dope. And that's part of the reason I really want to have you on is because you're a black woman working in real estate. And that's a field that a lot of us don't get exposure to. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't know anything about buying a house the first thing like the closest i've ever been to, to buying a house is y'all buying a house you know what i mean you know he's a 
uh, an honorary owner of, yeah, yeah, you of know. the Smith household. And I don't He's put down nothing soon. on the mortgage. <laughs> I you got it. us this month, though, right? Huh? What? Yeah, you got uh, us this month? Yeah. Uh-huh. Up right here. Yeah. There you go. Oh, but, no. <laughs> y'all, he just high-fived me. Uh-uh. But, um, but, yeah, I just I think it's so dope that you you are pushing that agenda um, to teach. Mm-hmm. To teach us, teach black people, millennials, older people, whoever. But doing a podcast in that realm is very important. Yeah. So thank you for that work. Yeah, yeah. No, we're super excited. It's going to be called At Home with Randy and Kayla. Okay. Um, oh, so I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. We just want it to feel, we want it to be homey in the sense of like, you know, come into our space and, you know, when we have guests, ask questions and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, what do you want to know? Because we have different, we have different age groups of clients, of course, but it's just like, what do you want to know? How can we help you? What should we be talking about? Um, you know, and even outside of just real estate, whether it be like our, you know, how we work our business in the back end, like how we market, does that help you with your business? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so we want to just talk about everything, but it'll be in the world of real estate. That's what's up. That is dope. So on your podcast, will you be giving tips on the home buying process to your listeners? Yes. So if you haven't already, um, Randy and I, so we you can find us, Randy and Kayla, um, Edina Realty on Facebook. We do Topic Tuesdays. And so every Tuesday we have um, some sort of video that we post, and it's usually short. So essentially our videos are 90 seconds, and our podcast is going to, you know, make it's those longer enough. so we can, you know, actually have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that we do is the buyer series. So we go through the steps and, you know, in detail, detail, and, you know, yeah. kind of explain out-of-pocket cost, you know, outside of your down payment and what to expect. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be having series, seller series, if you're looking to sell your house, um, just everything, literally yeah. everything. Oh, that's super dope. That's what scares me is selling a house. Oh, selling is fun. Selling's easy. You don't have to is do it? anything. <laughs> it's just like declutter, you know, make the home not look like someone lives here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, it sells. And it, I mean, it's a seller's market, too. So it, you literally yeah. could not do anything. And yeah. you're like, it's still sold. Right. <laughs> I don't, but the, the scary thing to me is like, like what? It, like what if the market's not right? Like when we're ready to sell, or you know, yeah. things like yeah. that. Like that. That kind of thing scares me when it's our time to to become sellers. Random yeah. question: How often does the market fluctuate? Um, right. Now, I feel like it's been on the upswing in the sense of like you know, um, being a seller's market for since I've gotten in. Um, okay. So for sure, for the past three four years, I was doing admin prior to for another you know for a brokerage, a real estate brokerage. So I've been you know keeping an eye out on stuff. But for sure, the past three four years, it's been the inventory's been so um, yeah slow, just nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So back to the podcast and kind of yeah. tying everything together. Um, what are your long term goals with your career, um, including your side hustles? Like yeah. Um, my side hustles. I feel like every you have to have a side hustle to, to stay sane. I feel like you do. You have to, but you don't have one. You don't have a side hustle. This is your side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't get paid <laughs> yet. It's a hustle. We try to get out here. Boss don't pay me. He got me out here working for free. You got me on a slave ship. I don't know what's wrong with you. Anyway, sorry to cut you off. Look, we can handle our grievances <laughs> later. <laughs> we, on, we on air right I'm like, now. Look, now I need a cut. Right. <laughs> Um, no, but like long-term goals, um, ideally I really want to, I love digital marketing. I feel like that's kind of, cause people are like, you went to school for digital marketing and you ended up being a realtor. I'm like, yeah, because they, the, they can coincide though. I literally like, I market my, my business and 
literally 80% of the people that find me are from social media. Yeah. Mm. 80% of my leads are from social media. And, you know, of course, 20% my sphere and referrals and stuff like that. But um, there's ways, there, man, there's yeah. strategy about it's digital marketing. Perfect. Honestly, they, yeah. they, they, they fit together so perfectly. I found you via Facebook, yeah. just a random video that was shared. And I was like, oh, okay, I want to learn more about buying a house. And then, um, you know, they say that the, the streets... Like out, you know, like back in the day, ten years, no, sorry, twenty years ago, people were outside and you would run into people outside. Doing right, things. right, yeah, but yeah. The, and I say streets with quotation, <laughs> but that's the internet now. Mm -hmm. So you need to know how to navigate the streets yes. in today's era. That's and that's, a, that's a really a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good analogy. Mm -hmm. You can use it on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no long term, I really want to just continue my um, growth in the business and just grow our team. Um, you know, maybe a year or so from now, we'll have a um, couple more a agents underneath us. Um, but yeah, just grow through digital marketing and also side hustle is doing digital marketing for other realtors and, you oh. know, um, just helping people build their business. Cause there's a lot of people that, you know, don't understand social media. They don't understand yeah. how to do it. They don't understand how to do content strategy, nothing. And I'm like, if I can, you know, maybe make a couple well, dollars, you so know, while I'm helping, maybe. <laughs> hey. So like a social media marketing consultant. Yeah. Kind of. Digital marketing. Digital that kind of, that groups like everything I feel. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, digital marketing, um, I'm actually getting my license to be a, um online um, digital marketing professional as well. Kind of adds on to That's my degree. Nice. So yeah. I try to keep, you know, my toes and everything and make sure I'm... Yeah. You know, if the real estate market crashes, I can go get a job. Right, <laughs> right. Hey, you better. Yo, for real. Hey. So. <laughs> hey, she got her, she got her safety net. She yeah. got the lifeboat. Yeah. She got the she life vest. Everything. We making some money she out She got here. a whole yacht. <laughs> she got a whole yacht waiting on her. She got a yacht. Like, yeah, I got you. Right. Now, so Kayla, are you familiar with the, the Rondo neighborhood in St. Paul? Yes, I actually went to St. Paul Central for a year. Oh, so, dope. Yeah, I graduated right. from Champlain Park, but I went to Central. We won't talk about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I am familiar. So, what what do you know, or can you share with our listeners what you know about? Okay, so do you um? Do you know the history? The history of the Rondo neighborhood. Um, not enough. I couldn't gotcha. share it. I'm not a St. Paulian guy. No, no, it was just a question. But I wanted. It was actually brought up to us by um another guest on the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't aware of this either. Basically, it was a it was a black predominantly black neighborhood, um that. The highway, I think it was 94. Yeah, oh, I did hear that part. Lots yeah. of eminent domain going on, and they basically took down the neighborhood um, to put 94 through there, straight through, straight the through when there were supposedly other routes that would have been better. Yeah, so it was like they um, broke up uh, a thriving black community in Minnesota, mm. um, which happens, you know, historically. We yeah. hear about that all the time. But sad, but uh, I hear I they do parades, don't they? They yes, do every Rondo year. Days. Yeah. yeah, Rondo Days. I've gone to Rondo Days, and I yeah. guess I didn't know why I was there. Yeah. No, honestly, I, I didn't know. I about didn't know it. that either I, until we just she shared us, it yeah, with like us a couple months ago. Shout right? out okay. to Faith. Shout out to Faith. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out Faith. <laughs> but I don't know. I, so the reason I brought that up is the real estate process biased against potential black owners. Um, Weighted question. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like you can't say people aren't gonna say it indirectly. Is, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like one thing, my grandfather always used to talk about because my grandfather actually built his house um, in North Minneapolis That's in dope. 1979. So 13th and Washburn, Washburn, him and his neighbor built their house at the same time together. 
Um, and so he was around North Minneapolis during the time. Well, he grew up over here during the time where you couldn't even cross over the Lowry Bridge because, wow. you know, it was predominantly white on the other side and mm. you literally would get beat or, you know, hung or anything like that. So you were stuck to that side of Minneapolis. Hence, yeah. you know, the stigma for North Minneapolis. Right. Um, but I mean, there everybody knows a neighborhood where you feel like you don't feel welcomed, or mm-hmm. you know, or you feel like you know, um, well, gentrification on the north side that's happening right now. People yeah. are getting pushed to Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like taking back the north side, um, but yeah. the north side is ours. Like, hey, right. you know. But it's just, it's just. So fine. you see more of that now, the like gentrification. Yeah, like as far as like. When you're when you're showing homes and, and things like that, do you see a lot of those like flipped homes that you know gentrified areas like um, that? Well, yeah, some of them are some of them are flipped, um, more so just off personal profit, but you yeah. know not for mm-hmm. any reasons. But mm-hmm. when you start putting roundabouts in the middle of the hood, you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so Starbucks coming, coming soon. <laughs> 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 for real, <laughs> Starbucks Whole Foods, you know, it's over. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> but um no yeah there uh, of course as a as a black woman um and i feel like it's always it's always hard because people people are like it's 2019 you know there's no racism mm. yeah no um it so is. yeah so <laughs> I red mean, taping is a real thing yeah <laughs> legally you're not legally you mm. can't legally. you're not allowed to do that and i would never tell a client where they should or should not live right. legally mm-hmm. <laughs> so but i think the laws and just the I think with the same thing that goes with credit, real estate, and a couple other like p- finances in general, we aren't taught that stuff. No, no. So then it is kind of red tape. Is that what red taping is? So red taping was a thing back in the day. I think probably maybe back in like the fifties or whatever. Yeah. I, basically, when the suburbs started becoming a thing, um, they would basically like red tape certain areas to where black people could not buy gotcha. mm-hmm. in those areas. Gotcha. So those tend to have the better school districts, the yeah. um, you know, better resources and, and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So So informational red tape and I think we don't get access to the, that information no. enough and that's why we are left out of a lot of those conversations. Yeah. Um so again I, I guess tying it back into you and the podcast and just what you do in general. Um, teaching black people about ownership. Mm-hmm. I think that's super dope. Yeah. And like I said, I, I feel like people are just like, you know, buy a house to live in and stuff like that. It's the only way, you know, you're actually build wealth. But you can buy a house and invest and you can stay in your luxury apartment building. You know, you can, yeah. right. you can you know, just own some property, build some wealth and pass it on, you know, to, yeah. to your family. And that's what my grandfather did. So if you guys do have time to read my blog, KaylaDouglas.com, that's kind of what I'm talking about in the sense of, you know, building generational wealth. Well, our our last question yeah. for you, Kayla. We kind of so hinted on it a couple times. We we did, but overall, what do you think the benefits are of owning property for specifically the Black community? Um, one, let's just start with the fact that we should be building up our own community. We should be, you know, mm, absolutely. Um, you can't complain about getting kicked out 
you know, out of neighborhoods. And not, I mean, they're not physically dragging you out, right. but you right. can't complain about it. And, you know, you're not, people aren't in North Minneapolis looking to purchase to live. You know, people are in North Minneapolis looking to invest and leave, you know? Yeah. Right. So it's just like, there are certain parts, I will say, of Minneapolis that I do not want to live in. I'm just going to say. Yeah, no. However, <laughs> you know, but just building up the community. So there's... um. A uh, law that passed, actually the 2040 rule, and what that is is they took the zoning out um, of just Minneapolis as a whole. So the places where there were single family homes, you can actually, if you wanted to tear it down, you could build up to a threeplex. Okay. Um, so they're just promoting, you know, just more population growth in mm. the city and stuff like that too. Great opportunity to invest. You won't have nowhere to park, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but great opportunity <laughs> to invest and you know mm. stay in your community. And you know, just you know, to have an income property at the same time. So just we got we have to build up our own communities because nobody's gonna do it for us. We have to educate each other because nobody's teaching us nothing. And yeah, that's yeah. it. Couldn't have said it any better than that. <laughs> right. so. We interrupt this episode for a quick word from our sponsors. Um, so I want to just say thank you again. Thank you so much yeah, for coming. Yeah, thanks for through. having me, guys. Yes, of Absolutely. Course. Um, and this is, I just want to give you a segment, or sorry, uh, a moment to kind of shout out your social media and where they can find you, contact yes. you. I think I dropped a little jewel in between somewhere. Yeah. You know, <laughs> automatic. Um, but no, um, my website is kaylaDouglas.com. You can find me on there. I have kaylatheagent.com. Um, on Instagram, it's Kayla the Agent. Literally everything on my social media is Kayla the Agent. Um, my team social media is going to be Randy and Kayla, so you can find us everywhere, guys. And that's um, Kayla spelled with an H. Yes, I'm sorry. Thank no, you because gotcha. my name is spelled different. Yeah, so Kayla K A Y L A H the Agent. Um, so yeah, Kayla the Agent everywhere on all social media. Dope. So thank you for having. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes. Thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah, I said thank you for having me. I feel. But I feel like we learned so much today. Yes. <laughs> it was a good, learning opportunity. Yeah, I mean, and some of the stuff was over my pay grade, <laughs> but <laughs> but it's good to know. You know yeah. what I mean? And then have a reference point because I can come back and listen to this when I start my home buying process. Yeah, for sure. So. And then no, Juma, I was actually talking to Isaiah. I want to have you on our podcast yeah. because oh, yeah. I want you to talk about you know how it is as a homeowner. Yeah, you know, yeah, first time for sure. homeowner. So yeah, that would be that would be love. That would be super dope. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna jump into Juma's jewels and <laughs> close out the show here. Mm -hmm. So this is the advice and personal well-being segment where I will share with our conversationalists a jewel of wisdom, whether that be a quote, an interesting fact I found, words of affirmation, or a write-in from a listener, just to give them some advice. So this week, my jewel, it, it ties in with what we've been talking about here. So. People may not know this on the podcast, but I actually used to work in the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I used to work for our favorite bank. Our favorite <laughs> I, bank. I won't name names, but our favorite <laughs> bank. You probably heard it earlier. Um, but I just want to share the importance of building wealth through real estate and things like that in mm -hmm. the black community. Because I used to personally see, as a, a mortgage processor, I would see families, predominantly white families, purchasing homes, and they had so much money, so much wealth from selling, buying their home. Mm -hmm. And it was it was mind-blowing to me because I would see, like, I'd look in their bank account, their bank statements, they'd have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Or I'd see they're selling their home and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars from the sale. So I just want to stress how important this conversation is mm -hmm. and 
if you, uh, to any of our listeners out there, if you have questions about, you know, the, the financing side, the mortgage side, you know, I'm sure Kayla could help you too, <laughs> yes, but I, I basically lived that for two years. So, um, I love helping out other black people, understanding how that process works. So please, please hit me up if you ever have any questions about the financing and mortgage side of yes. things. And listen to At Home. Yeah, At Home with Randy and Kayla. It will actually, it'll be on the iHeartRadio app. So download the app, guys. It'll be on the Apple Podcasts and wherever else we figure out where to post yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but for sure, the iHeartRadio app and the Apple Podcast app, At Home with Randy and Kayla. Dope. Well, um... Thank you. Thank you both. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Jewel. You've been awesome to Dang. have on. No, this was actually really fun. We'll have yeah. to have you on again. <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you on again. Definitely. Uh, but you can find me uh, on Instagram at Najuma underscore Krista. That's N-A-J-U-M-A underscore Krista with a K. And they can find you at? I am Zay with three underscores on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow our official podcast page at Zay Something Pod on Instagram and Twitter as well. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you are the first to know when we drop a new episode and please rate and leave a comment on apple Podcasts as well we enjoy hearing the uh, feedback from our conversationalists and if you want to if you would like to be a guest or want to seek some advice from me moi on <laughs> juma's jewels segment please send us an email at zay something pod at icloud.com you will be kept completely anonymous and again thank you so much to kayla for coming through and having a conversation with us until next time keep going and keep growing thank you for listening and scene.